Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart to heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception. And at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com dot com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby when you have health insurance it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs that can be a lot of money but are your bills accurate well it's estimated that over 50 percent of medical bills contain errors HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Are you being influenced? If you've watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. Hi, I'm John Voigt, and I'm on a set in Burbank, California, and I'm looking at the beautiful face of Ted Cruz, and this is Michael Knowles, who's the boss. We're on Verdict with Ted Cruz. Welcome back to Verdict with Ted Cruz. As John just said, I'm Michael Knowles. It is so good to be here because we're in a time of great tension, lockdown, plague, riots. Everyone seems to be very tense. And in this town in particular, it is so nice to be among friends, including one of the great American actors, Academy Award winner, and and more importantly, I would say, John, great American, John Voigt. Thank you so much, Michael. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, I, I usually say, I say, 
the man who did, you know, Midnight Cowboy, Coming Home, Runaway Train, and of course, The Great Anaconda. Yes. yes. <laughs> and people laugh when they say that. But and, and and with two little girls, The National Treasures, I, I've got to tell oh, you, you that, that, that that is popular in the Cruise household. Well, I, I'm very pleased about that because, I, as you know, I'm crazy about your two gals. By the way, I do need to ask the president the next time I'm at the White House if I can check on the Resolute desk to see if anything is hidden in there. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. I, I, you just kind of wonder. Maybe we can go in together. Yeah, that'd be fun. And uh, get our screwdrivers and fool around. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is not the first time that you, you guys have met, obviously. Senator Cruz, you've spent a bit of time in Hollywood. John, you've spent a lot of time in Hollywood. And you, you're one of the few big Hollywood stars who has been open about your political views, and increasingly so over the past few years as we face these national problems. So actually, the first time John and I met was 2013. And I was newly elected to the Senate, and I came to to California to speak to Friends of Ape, yeah, uh, which, as you know, was a, a group of conservative, libertarian, right of center people in entertainment. And it was a you know it was a big crowd, probably four or five hundred people came out, and and I have never I've never been in in any other group where people were afraid, like there was a rule: no cell phones, no pictures. And, and, and there were a handful of, of big stars. And, and John was the most notable who, who was like open. He was willing to be there. And, and John's a big enough deal that it was like, all right, to hell with it. I'm here and, and deal with it. But it, it made a real impression on me uh, that, that the people who were there, the gaffers, the carpenters, the, the writers, the lighting folks, they were terrified if someone got a picture of them at that gathering they'd be unemployable. And, and, and it was really, uh, you know, I, I, I sort of joked if we were at a Satanist gathering that was murdering <laughs> kittens, it wouldn't have been more dangerous. Yeah. And, and that's, look, I mean, you've, you've demonstrated a lot of courage to speak out in, in a town and industry that it's not easy to do. Well, I mean, that's, look, we, we all know we're in a very serious situation. It's an historic situation that I've been, uh, you know, born at this time and uh, come to this point where this country is being threatened in this way. Yeah. I never would have uh, been able to put that together. But I, but I saw the beginning of it anyway. I mean, the, the beginning of the open uh, hostility in the 60s. Yep. And, uh, and, uh, and that, that, has, that had been produced by a lot of work with the communist system, with the KGB working overtime to try to infiltrate. Now, now when did you start acting? How old were you when you, you started in the movie business? <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, uh, I was a, when I was a young fellow, I, was an, I, I mimicked some of the things I saw on television and, mm-hmm. and stuff and wanted to make people laugh and all of that, you know. So that's when it really started. And, and a great, wonderful comic actor by the name of Sid Caesar sure. was somebody I went to school on. And I have to credit him with giving me the, the instructions because the, the stuff that he did was so indelible. And we just lost Carl Reiner, you know, this, a couple of weeks ago. And, um, and uh, Imogen Coke and those guys, they were really wonderful. And, and so that was the beginning. And then I, uh, I really didn't know I was going in that direction. I just was, uh, you know, smitten with those characters and, and, uh, 
And then later on, I made a serious effort to be an actor. Uh, this was right before my senior year in college when I realized I was walking around with a book that was uh, um, a book of criticism for, for the British theater. And I was looking and I'd earmarked all the work of Laurence Olivier, yeah. all the heroic roles of Laurence Olivier. And, and I suddenly said, after three years driving people, mostly girls, crazy, asking, what do you think I should be when I get out of college? And, and I said, I know what I want to do. I want to be him. I, Lawrence Olivier. And that's, uh, that's where it started. Then I, and, and once I had made that decision, it was uh, such a relief that I knew what I, would, I could do something. I was going to do this. And I knew I would never, uh, I, I would never give up. I knew, I knew at that moment that was it for me. And probably that's true for you guys too in some way, that you get something you love and you know you can put yourself to work at it. And that's it, you know, and it's going to be difficult. I'm going to have to start from scratch and, and all of that. I'm going to have my ups and downs like everybody else. And I ha certainly have I've had my successes and my failures. And I've had long periods of time without enough money and all of that. But uh, I knew I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put it aside. I knew I would go. go for now, it. was there a moment that was your big break that, that it was like a, a part you got? Did you start in theater or? TV or movies or what was when? When did you re get started? Well, I, 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 these are just you know, I, I worked on a on a play after I studied for two years in a professional class with Sanford Meisner, one of the great great teachers, mm -hmm. and then coming out of that, I was just saying a prayer that I would get a some kind of work where I could test my abilities, and I got a role in A View from the Bridge which was a wonderful play by Arthur Miller. Mm -hmm. And Arthur Miller was kind of producing it too. And, uh, and Dustin Hoffman became the assistant to the director because he knew Ulu Grossbar, the director, and Bobby Duvall was playing the leading role. And I was the second lead. And Dusty and I got to know each other. Before I ever saw any of his work as an actor, I had heard that he was a genius. <laughs> but, uh, but we got to know each other and we had some fun. So you and I share something I just learned, which is we've both been in Arthur Miller plays. So in law school, uh, I did The Crucible. Wow. And, and was Reverend Paris. And all politicians are frustrated actors. Like, like I, in high school, I was convinced. I told my parents, I'm dropping out of school. I'm moving to Hollywood. I want to be an actor. And, and look, it, it's a good thing I, I, I went the path I did because I didn't have the talent you had. I didn't have the talent to make it. But I envy and love you have said that before. I mean, there is a line they always say that politician, or politics rather, is show business for attractive people. I think that's is uh, that, that, that the line. That, that ain't how it goes. That's not how it goes. Okay, well, it's, it's <laughs> similar to that. At least. Okay. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you listen. You're you're plenty talented. You both are plenty talented. And um, I was saying before we started this thing that my son James mm -hmm. uh, is uh, James Haven, as he calls himself is uh, now working on human trafficking. He's very, very astute in mm. that area, and he's helping out. And But he's political to some degree, but he's crazy about you. He says, when this guy talks, he says, that's it. I Everything, everybody listens to him. And he said, uh, and that's true. And the way you phrase things and the way you prepare and you gather the focus, phew, Nobody's better. You Thank both you. Ra you both raise an excellent point here, which is 
it does seem to be a lot of actors are interested in politics and politicians are interested in acting. There does seem to be a similarity in these two businesses. And and I, I've always thought there's like... You remember a, what Reagan said when someone asked, how could, how, how could an actor be in politics? And he said, well, how, how could someone in politics not be an actor? How could they not be yeah. an actor? Uh, exactly. And, and, and it's, look, at the end of the day, you're trying to communicate with people. Absolutely. Right? And, and, and it, one way or the other, uh, one of the frustrating well, things... See, yeah, go ahead. I just say, you know, a lot of conservatives... We're not doing a lot of communications. The whole point of this podcast, I mean, we're saying an assault on our whole country. We're on our constitution, on our founding principles. Right. And and young people, I mean, it makes you weep. The schools aren't teaching the principles that built this country. And if we don't explain them, how, how can we fault the young people for not knowing? Well, they've, the, been, they've been getting that fed to them, for, yep. you know, for more than a generation. Several generations have been... Uh, brought up on Common Core. Yeah. And uh, this is a disaster, a teaching against our country. So and, was, was and, 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 yes. and they don't teach, uh, they don't teach history. Well, they teach, they teach a sort of fiction, I've noticed. It actually reminds me of a line from your acting teacher, Sanford Meisner, who famously described acting as living truthfully in imaginary circumstances. Right. That's and very good. Increasingly, the history— He's good to school, this guy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but increasingly, it seems like the history we're being taught is imaginary circumstances. All right, so, so I'll give an hey, that's example. That's interesting. My girls, who, who you've met— I'm that, crazy about that. They are Great. wonderful little girls. They're nine and 12. We were recently with two other friends of theirs who are about the same age. And the topic of Christopher Columbus comes up. And all four of the girls are, are being taught in school that Columbus is a genocidal maniac that murdered people. And, and look, as a dad, you're trying, you're trying not to like be too overbearing with your kids. And so I've like asked Carolyn, I said, well, okay, look, we we have a federal holiday in this country called Columbus Day. Do we typically name holidays after psychopathic murderers? Like, yeah, like, is right. there maybe another side to this? And, and I'm not invested in defending Christopher Columbus as, as the greatest person who ever lived, but I was, but it, it's the degree to which our children are being oh, yeah. fed propaganda. And, and, you know, you see this in the mobs that, that, that are tearing down and attacking George Washington and Jefferson and Madison and Lincoln. Yeah. You know, they attack Frederick Douglass, the great abolitionist, and, and, and they don't even know who he is. But if there's a statue of him, he's got to be bad. That's... We're, we're facing real insanity here, you know. But as I say, it, it's been uh, this destruction has, has a source. And uh, and now it has many sources because there's there's Islamists there's yep. uh, the, 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 there's originally Russian you know Marxism and now there's Chinese Marxism Chinese a- absolutely you know, incursions and uh, and a lot of people in the United States are, are really uh, wanting so badly to take down this president that they're falling in with anything and it, there's just nothing but uh, um, there's a there's a real lack of compass morally, and they'll do anything and say anything uh, to get to power. So uh, we're in we're in a tough spot here. Now, was there a time when you saw Hollywood, when you saw entertainment get get worse, get get markedly more intolerant? Um, did, did, I mean, did, is, is there a point that sort of stands out to your mind as a, a shifting point or was it more gradual? Well, 
She was, I mean, that's a good question, Ted. I think the movies that I love, I was, I was raised at a time, I was born in 1938, and I was raised on the Golden Age movies, the movies of, uh, you know, of, of Capra. And the you know all these great when they talk about actors and yeah. when they say John you're a great actor you're one of the you're, so fellas look what we, looks what we came from I mean you know we had uh, Bogart and Tracy and and uh, Gable and Jimmy Stewart and all those fellas were you know I was going to school on those guys and then Marlon came along of course and then yeah. we just threw in with Marlon but uh, uh, but the, and the gals of that age fantastic uh, performers. And all of a sudden, at some point, we felt, oh, we're a little, we're more sophisticated. We have more complex uh, techniques to bring to the fore, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you look at that, the other stuff that was before, it's fantastic. But we lost, what did they have in the golden age? We, Hollywood invented the uh, happy ending. The Hollywood ending. They invented it. Who invented it? A group of Jewish people who were saved came here to save their lives and to build their lives. They know what a happy ending is because they were all people we who read the Bible. The Nazis. We'd freed the world from 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 the the evil of Hitler. I mean that that was a powerful. Oh, you bet, you bet. But the uh, the other thing is, you see, that in the Bible, the Jewish people. At the end of every chapter, you have to end on a positive note. So if you know, if it's coming to the end, like if you read Isaiah, and there's some bad stuff is being stated, they're telling you that the future is going to be pretty dim. But then they go back and reiterate something on the positive side. You know, that, that there will come a time when the so-and-so and blah, 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 and the change and, and uh We've reached the land of Israel, or now, whatever. Now, now you, you were see? talking about movie greats. Did, did did you get to know John Wayne, and and what do you think about the recent efforts to to rename the airport? I mean, there there's a, there's a real the, the left is mad it, at Wayne. I think they should call it um, uh, uh, the Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> well, Redskins not used in anymore. Listen, you know, there, uh, there's. A, uh, I have. I'm very close to the Indian community, and they they love it that they have a football team. They should give the. They should keep the name, and they should give these guys, you know, seventy five percent off of tickets, or make give them tickets yeah. to every <laughs> that's, game. It's a better deal it, than it'd renaming. It'd be cool, and then celebrate the natives. Native well, I people. suppose th- this is the the fear, though, is you had this Hollywood ending that that you know that Hollywood invented. Increasingly, though, it seems to me. People don't like a happy ending. People seem to have well, a much no, more. That's, that's what's happened. You see, H- how did it We've, happen? It's a negative strain. Uh, the uh, because it, it's a loss of uh, it's a loss of a spiritual base. Really, we're meant to be happy. Human beings are meant to be happy. God is saying, "Be happy, enjoy, let go, let God." Do you know? And and this is the way you approach problems. That's the way I approach problems. I say, what are we doing? What am I getting all upset? Cool down, man. Just watch what happens. Do the best you can. Celebrate the day. Be grateful for your gifts and the many gifts and stuff like that. And that's that's an, uh, a proper and positive way to be. Like when you see I came into this group and you, you can't see everybody, you can't see 
all the people around here, we're all in a positive note. You know, everyone's happy. We're cheerful. We're saluting each other, get, making each other feel good, and and we'll have a nice experience here. And that's the way we were meant to be. And uh, we've lost that to some degree. We think we're smart, Alex. We can be more sophisticated. We can, and 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 Marlon didn't help sometimes because he created this dark image, and it was so attractive that everybody wants to be dark and mean and you know uh, whatever it was. But but listen, Marlon was magnificent. Let's you know, I'll let you know. I'm still crazy about Marlon. Marlon, I'm I'm crazy, but. <laughs> Well, and, and people communicate with storytelling. I mean, yeah, that's what's sure. so powerful. And and the left, they've seized culture. They've they've seized education, K through twelve. They've seized uh, colleges and universities. They've seized journalism, and and movies. I I love movies. I love stories. I mean, when I was a kid, my dad. So you and my dad are both both the same age. You're both eighty one, and and my dad would tell these incredible stories, and I would just sit and listen to them. Wow. And and you think about the stories that are told now. I mean, I look at these protests. Are we ever going to see another cop movie again? Right. Can any of all the great movies of heroes who are police officers, can they be told anymore? I think, so. or, or, I think or, we need them more than ever. I, we absolutely do. Sure. And, and all right, let's take something like the great debate right now in this country between free enterprise and socialism. You look at the, the movies coming out of Hollywood. When's the last time someone in business was portrayed as not a villain. Like, like I'm actually happy when a small business owner is not murdering kids. If they're just a crook and stealing, that that qualifies for a, a positive portrayal. And what about all of the epic stories of our nation hmm. of people with nothing who made it big? And 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 that's Absolutely. that's why people come to America. Absolutely. And, and, and well, you know, there's still the, the positive thing is. They're still coming to America. That's true. Like the Neil Diamond song, you know, they're coming to America. And why? Because there's nothing else out there, fellas. And anybody who wants to, is listening to me, you kids, you're listening to me. Why do, is, does everybody want to come to, to America? Because the other side, this socialism that people are saying is a, a good, good thing to ingest and, and speak for, has never worked ever has never brought about anything but misery and death. Yep. But John, on this every point, time on this point on immigration, it is. I, I, I'm telling you, kids, <laughs> listen here, But this this is such a great point. People are still coming here. They're coming here uh, to bet. this country so much more than to any other country on earth. And yet, it's this problem you've identified, which is that people no longer have gratitude for their country, for their family, for their God. It seems like uh, we're in more of an entitlement society than a grateful society. Well, people how, how want that... us to be an entitlement society. That's what the Democrat Party is selling. So, uh, oh boy, and uh, and they have really sold out completely. I, I remember I, I said this uh, before, but uh, there was a moment when Villagosa, our mayor, who's a good guy, by the way, uh, was asked to go out and correct the Democrat platform this was uh, several years beginning of, of the Democrat convention with for Obama, I think, and and he was sent out, you see, uh, as a sacrificial lamb to to put God back in yeah. the platform, yep, and to put the idea of Jerusalem being the the capital of of Israel, 
into the platform because they felt they couldn't sell the tickets. Do yep. you understand? Yep. No, they, I, I there remember were a well. A lot of votes won't go their way. If that, and that's all they're interested in. They care what it is. If they, you know, they would say anything in order to get a vote, and they have. And, and three, anything. three times the delegates at that convention and, voted no. That's right. So Mayor Vigorosa says, so that's it. So all in favor of putting this in the platform say aye. And they go, they go aye, you know, and pretty good. And then, and the nays, nay, and they go, yeah, nay. <laughs> and it was, one was more dominant. The nays were more dominant. Very much so. And then he does it. Uh, let's do that again. Yeah. He could have used better acting <laughs> lessons. He didn't do a good job. Let me do that again. Uh, you understand what we're saying now. So and so, and he says, God in the platform and put the capital of Israel is Jerusalem. Okay. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Again, the same sound. And nay. Nay. And, they go, and you see the people that go and they're like throwing things. I mean, there really is. This is the beginning of that movement. I'm yep. telling that we yeah. saw in the streets. Yeah. Right? It's right there. Yes. And, and then somebody walks up to him from long, uh, this big stage, walks all the way over to him, says. And he goes. <laughs> He says, okay, we'll do it one more time. Uh, all those in favor, say aye. Uh, same thing, same response. All those again, nay. The ayes have it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and he gets Very off the stage. Well, well and, and, and as you noted, that was to put God back in the platform because they'd, they'd removed it. And, and three times the delegates denied it. And I have to admit, I sort of chuckled and wondered if there was a rooster crowing somewhere. Yeah, I, right. I, I mean, <laughs> the, 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 there is a parallel for that. But but right, it, right. It, it, it is some of the early beginnings in that modern was, times a, of the anti-Semitism, a... of the anti-Israel sentiment, of the anti-American sentiment on the far left that has been manifested, that are now mani manifested in, in the mobs that, that are burning our cities and that are murdering police officers. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's... And, and with the complicity and the support and the, the encouragement of the media. And it's the media. Donald Trump has broken the media. I mean, remember the media used to argue they weren't biased. They used to pretend they weren't biased. They don't pretend anymore. I mean, they hate him with an unhinged quality. And I want to tell a story about John. This is an interesting story. So John is Be careful. passionate <laughs> about our country. Yes. And, oh, we and, know that. And, yeah. and passionate at, at risk to himself. He's yeah. in a town. He's in an industry. We're speaking out carries risks, but but in 2016, as you know, Michael, I had a a tough primary against Donald Trump. I, I think that's a diplomatic I, way to I put mean, it. Yeah. It was we yeah. we both went at each other, and he won, I lost. And after that happened, John actually got on a plane. He called me and said, "Hey, can I come see you at your house?" And you got on a plane, you flew to Houston, and you came over to my house. It was about 10 o'clock at night. I said, "Sure, yeah, come on over. I'm happy to talk to you." And you went. You brought for my girls a stuffed animals. I think it was stuffed rabbits. And you sat in my living room for about an hour. And you were urging me at the time saying, Ted, you need to support Trump. And, and I wanted to see Trump be conservative. I wanted him to be more conservative. And you were as earnest. And you said, look, our country is hanging in the balance. And that conversation, it was powerful because it was from the heart. It was because it was a plea 
we've got to 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 pull our country back from the brink. And I did. I supported Trump. I campaigned with him. But the fact that you flew across the country to sit in my living room and make that plea, this was not just type a tweet and and throw it out in the world. This was. Well, by the way, there were no cameras there. I mean, this was a, a private interaction. I've never told that story. That's right. That, I think that, this that, is the, that, br- that, the first that, time you've ever said it publicly. I, but you did it because you well, care about I, the country. Yes. And I knew uh, the power of Ted. I knew it was important that we can't lose Ted. And uh, and I had seen I had seen Ted uh, with his um, filibuster, and I was so impressed with it. And I listened to a lot of it. <laughs> he was like uh, Jimmy Stewart. You know what I mean? This was it was as good as a movie, and he was wonderful, really wonderful. And the statement he made, regardless of whether he was able to sway everything at that moment, was extremely important. It, we, he was making a stand. He said, and he was doing it with a smile. Nothing, uh, not an angry statement. He was just saying, this is America, fellas. Don't lose it. That's yes. the es- essence of what he was doing. And I saw that and I said, this this guy's important. And uh, so I, I actually went out of my way to, to, to say hello to him. And then when this thing happened, I knew, um, I, I talked to a friend, friends of mine. I said, you know, I really want to go and talk to him. Well, why did you do that? Call him up. He'll be... Well, the, okay. you know, and and that he said, "Come on down, and come on to spend the time." And I spent time with Heidi and the children, and I had a wonderful time. This is a wonderful time, and uh, and we were able to connect on that filibuster on that on that very moment you're describing. I know that didn't win you a lot of friends in Washington. I think uh, it didn't make you Mister Popular in the Senate. It probably won you a lot of supporters out here in the rest of the country, but I. I see the same thing with you, John, which is you've been outspoken. You've been passionate about your views, not just on politics, but on religion, too. Very unpopular in this town. And so well, that's it. You see, it's the same thing. But but there's some, no religion anymore. I mean, you, you, you know, what I mean, it's like, like, look at look at what our, our governor does. You say you can march in the streets arm in arm, but you can't sing in a church. That's right. I mean, it's, right. it's crazy. You can b- break into somebody's, you know, offices and and uh, work and burn them down and turn over a police car and and, and you can't pray in in a time (laughs) of crisis people's character comes out and 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 on the left that there is for for too many elected officials a, a a a deep hatred of religion of religious liberty and we've seen petty tyrants whether it is Gavin Newsom saying you can't sing in church or Bill de Blasio in New York City saying any church or synagogue that meets, we're going to permanently close that church or synagogue. And who the hell, what what politician, you don't have the power Where's under the, the First where, Amendment. Where did our freedoms go? Where did they go? I, it, it, it is fundamentally wrong. And and that doesn't mean that, that they're not, there isn't government power to have reasonable common sense. You can have a prohibition on large public meetings if there's a public health crisis. That There's a long constitutional authority for quarantines, for reasonable restrictions. What you can't do is single out and persecute religious faith and treat it worse than everything else. You can't say, if I agree with what you're saying, it's okay. But if it's just faith, you're a second-class citizen, and we're going to come shut you down. You look at de Blasio, the persecution that he's directed at the Orthodox Jewish community. I mean, it it has been, it's very revealing 
of 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 the antipathy for faith that that, that the far left. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah. This issue, Senator. I mean, you're, you're obviously in the political fight every day. You're in the fray, and John, you're you're outspoken, and you've seen a lot of this. You've you've uh, you you know you've you've been. You've been one of the biggest actors in town for decades and decades now. You've seen things change. Are you looking forward, hopeful for the country, or less than hopeful? I'm uh, an optimist. I'm an optimist uh, by, uh, I mean, that's the essential, uh, me is an optimist. People who know you know that this is true. But uh, I feel... We've been blessed with this president. I feel that this man, I mean, you look carefully at what he does day by day. You can't think of uh, another human who's uh, above 24 that could handle this schedule and this kind of battle every day. And the hate that's visited upon him. The, the, I mean, it's unhinged. Yes. So, and so, uh, what what he needs is us. You know, he needs every pat on the back he can get. He needs to see our smiles and our, our lack of fear in the face of this too, because he's leading the way with that in in, in those aspects. He's he, and so, uh, do we have the leadership? Yeah, we have the leadership. Yes, we have the leadership. We have many brilliant people right now. And I said to, at one point, I said, "Look," I said. The Democrat Party, and the Democrat Party is not anywhere near, it's not even an American party any longer, unfortunately, I have to say that. It, it's, they're not for America. They're wed to something else. These guys are connected to Marxism and to those countries that represent Marxism. It's serious. So they're a, a torpedo against the sh- ship of state. There's no doubt about that. But uh, I said, you know, there's no one on the other side. I said to Mark Levin, I said, Mark, they don't have anyone of stature. There are no statesmen, no one of stature, no one. Well, look what, what they've come up with as their, yeah. uh, as their uh, candidate. They've, and they've gone through everything they can go through, and that's what they came there up with. There were 27 with. candidates, I they, think, and, at the beginning. They don't have anything. Hiding. Pardon? He's in hiding, and he's not willing to take on the no. mob well, of the angry he's being told left. to hide I, I, it's listen it's, it's all this is all manipulated it's all there's figuring what the, how they can get him in now on the other hand i told mark levin i said i can give you 50 people of great stature right now and you can give me another 50 on top of that and i and i believe that i believe we have an army of great people and if we are directing ourselves toward helping this uh, union restore itself, like guys like Ted Cruz, who knows what was, has been taken from the Constitution, Mark Levin, another one like that, we have to restore. We have to go back to that essential, uh, the Constitution and, and the uh, and the. Uh, Declaration of Independence and all of this, the, the letters of our founding fathers in support of those things, and and the history of the decisions that were made by the great people, you know, Lincoln and Jefferson, and and, and uh, Adams and Jackson, and all of these people right to the present. Right. They were great people right to the present. Okay, we have a tremendous 
history that we can fall back on and learn from and restore ourselves with. And that's what we have to do. and, And people are hungry, I believe, for leaders who will defend America, who are proud of America, who say, I love our nation. And that doesn't mean that you ignore our faults. That doesn't mean that you don't try to move towards justice. You know, you look at the great civil rights leaders. You look at at, at Frederick Douglass. You look at Dr. King, where where they made explicit appeals over and over again to our founding documents. You know, the Declaration of Independence began, you know, made the majestic promise. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And yes, we had slavery. We had discrimination. We had, that was the original sin of our nation, but we were founded on a promise of equal rights and equal justice for all. And and I agree with Dr. King that the arc of history bends towards justice, but the left, they don't teach that. They don't know that. They tear it down that we're an evil society rather than a society committed, founded on noble ideals. And we've had a long and at times bumpy journey. I mean, we fought a civil war where 600,000 lives bet. were lost to end slavery. You bet. And, 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 and that, you know, you referenced the Obamacare filibuster. You know, I think that was a moment where people wanted someone to stand up and fight. You bet. The president, the best characteristic of President Trump is he's got a backbone and he will stand and fight. And there's so we need that. We need people who will defend America, who will stand up and defend police officers who are you bet. heroic in risking I keep their saying lives. you bet. <laughs> Are you going to bet? That's that's a good affirming line, too. And it, it, this is the strange thing. I hate to play devil's advocate here, gentlemen, but I'm looking around. I'm seeing t- statues falling down. I'm seeing the country rioting. I'm seeing a whole young generation, my generation, go towards socialism. How do I get your optimism? I mean, John, all of your peers in Hollywood, how, how on earth do you end up being one of the very few to defend our country and look with, with hope well, on its future? I, I, I've had a lot of uh, support in my life. Uh, I've had a noble father, told stories, great storyteller, just like your dad. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been helped and I've helped been helped by, uh, other people right to this day. And I really rely on, on those friends who tell me the truth and have straightened me out when I've been out of line and all of that stuff that I've gone through, you know, and, uh, and that's where I get my stuff. And also I, I'm a fellow who, uh, uh, says a prayer every day, many prayers. Yep. And I really, and I meditate and I try to get there. You know what I mean? I try to get there. It's hard to meditate. People say it's easy. A true prayer is hard to get to that tone where it's really just talking. So, so let me give you a, a, a moment of optimism. We're in the midst of a year unlike any other. We've got a global pandemic. We've got the Great Depression. We've had race riots. On some level, it's it's horrifying. At another level, look, I got to tell you, like like the shutdown we had in March and April and May. In our family, there's never been a moment that has been better. So, if you were to ask as parents, and it's 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 hard to be a parent. It, it it's oh, you bet. With our girls, <laughs> there I am again. The the the, yeah. the single right. biggest thing. If I could have prescribed what our family needed more than anything else, it would have been cancel every event, cancel every dinner party, cancel every play date, cancel every basketball game, cancel everything. 
put all four of us, Heidi and me and both girls, in the house 24 hours a day with nothing but each other for about three months. And and we've never had, so, so Heidi and I, we began during the whole time of, uh, of the COVID, COVID lockdown, we did lunch every day with the girls and dinner every day. We've never done wow, that in their great. whole yeah, lives. It's great, huh? We began yeah. doing something I've wanted to do for a long time, but we've never done. We began doing a devotion at night where we would read together, we would read three chapters of the Bible each night and just start with three. And I'd wanted to do that, but look, it's hard. You're busy. You're on the road. Everyone's doing something or else. And we were all at home. And I got to admit, the first week or two we did it, the girls went nuts. They didn't want, they wouldn't stay still. They, I mean, they were pushing back and it's been a, a, a wonderful, we just, we just finished Second Corinthians. So we started in Matthew. We made it through Second Corinthians. They're actually in Galatians. We're in Galatians chapter two right now. But it's been every night and we have conversations. We live near downtown Houston. Every night, Heidi and I would go for a walk. We'd walk our dog at, at about sunset. And the, the whole town, we turned into Mayberry. People were out. You couldn't get close to each other, so you'd walk socially distance. And it was, it was a beautiful thing, and it was a reminder, this is still a great country. Um, I, I mean, I point to that as a source of optimism. I have heard so many people who say our families grew closer, and that's a, that's a wonderful thing. All right, let me segue to a different topic, which is just the world of movies. You've worked with lots of actors. Is there an actor, like in, in all your time, who you were just like, wow, that guy is incredible. That woman is like, like who took your breath away. And I mean, is there someone who stands out? Well, I have to say, you know, when I look at people, I just see talent. I see everybody as unique. I see, you know, like some people, remember there's a rabbi that called people, he said, how can you, he was giving dollars to people all day long, all day long, old man. And he said, how can you do this? He says, well, I'm, I'm counting diamonds. How can you get tired of counting diamonds? Huh. And he's talking about human beings, mm -hmm. the value of human beings and the potential of each human being. I believe everyone is, uh, is, has superpowers. I believe everyone has potential like that. So it's just a matter of encouraging them and getting them to discipline things and do, do, do things and think positively and all of that, and something comes out, you know? And, I've wor and, and the actors I've worked with, I've worked with great actors. Mm -hmm. the, are there people who stand out? Yes, all the people with the movies that have been successful for me. Uh, like starting with Midnight Cowboy. Mm -hmm. Nobody was better than Dustin Hoffman. Yep. D D Dustin Hoffman is a, when, he, when they said he was a genius on the set of, uh, of, uh, 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 of the Arthur Miller play, A View from the Bridge, yeah. they were right. He's, he was a genius. And we got along. We liked each other and we got along together. We were perfect for each other. We helped each other and we were laughed with each other. We invented. Okay, that's that. Mm -hmm. And then every other one, you know, uh, certainly with with Burt Reynolds and Deliverance, Burt got the role of his life. One of the great movies of all time. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it iconic. Yeah, and, and Burt was sensational. It was his role. Yep. You know, when anybody gets animated, when every individual uh, has that kind of 
every individual is, is filled with potential. I remember I, I ran a class for a couple of for a year, a year. I said, I'll take over the class because somebody's leaving and the teacher was leaving. And they said, John, would you take over class? I said, okay. And my purpose in the class, I set my as my purpose that I was going to get every one of those kids in that class, which were about 24 kids, to achieve that moment where they took the class over, where it became their moment, their class, when everybody walked around and said, hmm. wow. And I remember this one fellow, right down to the end, we couldn't get him on. The last, the last uh, class that I had, he broke through, and he was fantastic. And it was not that it, he could do it every night, not that he went on to have a great career, but that night, he was a superstar. Right, a different question. Do you have a thought? Is, is one harder than the other, drama versus comedy? Or, or I mean, they're both... Well, I've never done a real comedy comedy. I've done some stuff that was funny, like in Holes when I played Mr. Sir. Yeah, you know, it yeah. was a funny character. And I I have a pretty good sense of humor. And all in every role, like with Cowboy, Midnight Cowboy, there's a lot of humor in that. Yeah. And the thing that actually sustains Anaconda is humor. That that character, every yeah. line yeah. I say yeah. in that movie is funny to right. me. Right. I love it. I love every line. It's so it's so crazy. So anyway, there's humor in the work that I do, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I haven't done comedy. Comedy, I think comedy is very uh, specific. You know, it's a uh, it's a different uh, different aspect, different technique in a certain way. But we have we and we have people who uh, are are doing wonderful, wonderful work. I grew up in the time when we had Sid Caesar, as I said, yeah. Jackie Gleason. Sure. Uh, I love Lucy. Yeah. Lucille Ball was a genius. And, you know, we had right. all these the wonderful- Cuban Americans, Ricky Ricardo. That's right. Ricky Ricardo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, and he was quite brilliant, Ricky. So, anyway, so, it's it, it, Jackie Gleason used to, they say he didn't rehearse. He would have somebody else read lines for him. Huh. And he had a kind of photographic memory, but he was absolutely, uh, he, he knew what it was and he knew this character so well. And then he would come on and do it. And they loved it because that's why it was so spontaneous. That's why the people were listening to each other. Uh, he had this little cluster, you know, with Art Carney and, and the gal, which was her name, Audrey Meadows. They were fantastic. But he came on and they didn't know quite what he, they, he hadn't rehearsed it. So he was just, you know, he was going. He was ready. You know, on, on the subject of comedy, there there are many jokes about politicians and actors, which I'm sure we've all heard. They're very negative. But I, but I am struck by a, a positive version of it, which is that a similarity between actors and politicians is they've got to be concerned with truth, the truth about public policy, public philosophy. We're getting at truth about a character, truthfully in imaginary circumstances. And, and you've got to like people. You know this. If you don't like people, you're going to have a horrible time on the campaign trail. If you don't like people... Why would you dedicate your life to building characters? You know, that, that's, the, that's the bright that's side of it. That's pretty good. And I thank you very much. And I, and I, I got to tell you, gentlemen, I think you, uh, you both uh, exhibit the, the bright side of both of those professions. And I, I wish we could go on another five hours, but we'll have to just do it again, Senator, next time you're in town. John, thank you so much for being here. Great to be here. I'm Michael Knowles. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz.
This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is being brought to you by Jobs, Freedom, and Security PAC, a political action committee dedicated to supporting conservative causes, organizations, and candidates across the country. In 2022, Jobs, Freedom, and Security PAC plans to donate to conservative candidates running for Congress and help the Republican Party across the nation. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash Ben. hollywoodtakeover.com slash Ben. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.